0: Hi everyone, welcome to episode 9 of Beer and Bunce. My name's Chris. My name's James. Uh, and as per usual, we'll get straight into uh, uh, Tried and Tested. So this week, uh, Tried and Tested is from BrewDog, and it is Dead Pony Club. Um, it's beer we've had... A few times. Yeah, a few times. I mean, um, obviously, as a general rule, I'm not a huge fan of uh, IPAs. IPAs. But being a session IPA, just has a bit more of a delicate flavour, so it's one I actually don't mind. I mean, it's not necessarily a, a massive go-to for me, but
1: yeah, if it's I something think we like... We've talked about BrewDog before, like one yeah. of our big things we like about BrewDog is there's a large variety there for a UK kind of brewery, um, and it's really good. Um, I think you'd probably prefer this, and I'd probably prefer the Punk IPA, if we're going to...
0: Oh yeah, yeah. If if it's choice between Punk IPA yeah, or Dead Pony, I'm picking yeah. Dead Pony every time. Um, um, but yeah, I, I think I... this
1: is one of their main standard ones. I think in terms of some of the ones they sell, like I think it's it's Punk IPA, Dead Pony Club, Elvis Juice, uh, kind of thing. They're like their staple ones. It's
0: the, it's their big hitters, isn't it? Really. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're so ones that
1: kind of cannon. <clears> like, so. I'm just gonna <clears> go for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a rarity. Uh, yes. So with the uh, Dead Pony Club, it is 3.8% alcoholic volume. So not a massively strong one. Um, Featherback that that kind of goes with the taste as well. It's not an overpowering flavour. Yeah.
1: Um, so I'd say it's like a clear amberish. Uh,
0: the color. very subtle haze to it. Um, you definitely would not class it as a hazy drink, but there is a. It's it's not crystal. Okay. Fair enough. Or maybe we've just got a present, uh, drink. Or maybe speech. your
1: glass is dirty because <clears> mine's quite
0: quite mine's, clear. Mine was clean this morning, mate. I don't know what you're on about.
1: Okay, that's
0: fair enough. <laughs> if anything, buddy, if anybody's going a dirty glass, I'll just say it would be yours. <laughs>
1: well, that makes it clear. That makes no sense.
0: Mm, yes, yeah, so.
1: Okay, so you can definitely get the kind of citrusy
0: hops. You, can you say citrus, yeah, for me, i see floral. See floral? Smell floral. Smell floral. Yeah, so I, I think there's much more of a floral feel to it. I mean, James is still drinking, I haven't even had a sip yet, so
1: sorry sorry I'll let you <laughs> for a change
0: like, I love the silence of oh. <laughs> oh oh god he's caught
1: me like there you
0: go uh, yeah so quite a very it's a very smooth uh, IPA very little yeah. aftertaste to it in my opinion
1: yeah it's not really like the strong bitter aftertaste that I think you get with a lot of IPAs that you hate I think if anything there's like um, I don't you know I saw this on a beer forum once toasted malty taste to it <laughs> okay i'm and, just gonna and, rip that from somebody toast and, and you
0: were worried we were gonna be pretentious
1: yeah we're not pretentious so yeah you know um but yeah no i'd feel you know it feels medium bodied uh, say crisp on the palate uh moderate amount of carbonation uh which i think really kind of heightens the flavor of the beer um you know so i think it's got a good amount of hop aromas and bitterness flavors so yeah yeah
0: Oh my not days! At all, no, no, of course not. Um Yeah, I mean, too, although it is classed as an, like an IPA, I for me, it's much. I'd probably say it's closer in flavour to a bitter. Personally, yeah. Um it's not quite a bitter. You can, as you drink it, it's like it's along those lines, but you can tell it's not a bitter. But it's probably closer overall in flavour and probably texture of like the smoothness of it. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, no smoothness. This is a good, yeah. I think in terms of the texture of it, yeah, definitely.
0: Because really? I think it's a
1: very easy, yeah. easy going drink, right? For me, this is a good summer's drink.
0: Yeah. You know? Out in the sun, beer garden, yeah. Or your own garden, because you can't go nowhere else. Uh... <laughs> I mean,
1: it's not, it's not stopping people, honestly. The amount of pubs I've gone past, and there are people sat in the beer gardens like drinking like bottles of beer that they brought themselves is ridiculous i just really? don't understand why yeah it's 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 insane like I, i've seen it like i think it was yesterday when i went for a walk my only walk i may add you know i'm not <laughs> going out the house twice um and yeah i, I went i went to uh local shops and like outside of pub there were i think some builders who had obviously finished some work recently like five o'clock sat in the beer garden and have a few drinks
0: that's absolutely so, crazy.
1: Yeah, and you like how they talk about enforcement and stuff. and I've seen a few police officers by like some of the bigger high streets, but I think like some of the local areas that you know they just don't have the staff and resources to stop that kind of thing. So, I no, I just, don't know why people do it, but
0: uh, it is for me. I, I just don't see why you'd want to prolong what we're currently, like, currently experiencing. Uh, yeah, I yeah. mean, what, what are we in the moment like? Is it uh, week five lockdown? Week Five, I think, yeah, yeah, um, I, I think pretty much every Man at the moment is absolutely desperate for a haircut. So uh, there seems to be a combination of people either shaving their own head when it's they're so at home, or don't shave your heads. Don't do it. Well, I'm actually considering. I'm not going to lie. No, <laughs> or you, the alternative it. is uh, the overgrown '70s porn star look, which is <laughs> the, the more common one. Mine's,
1: mine's not growing too badly. I think in terms of length, I think you know it's it's all right, but. It's one of those things. You know, I don't mind having long hair. Like, I tend to grow out over the winter anyway. So,
0: no, for, for me, I overheat too much because I've got very thick hair. So I, I just struggle with the heat if it, if it gets too long. So that's the reason why I generally struggle. Uh, a friend of mine, though, uh, actually got his wife to attempt to trim his hair for him. She slipped. And there he has a lovely bald patch on the, uh, oh, <laughs> on the left side
1: of his hair. At that point, I'd shave it all off, I think, if that happened.
0: <laughs> but... Yeah, No, he's persevered and just left the patch. Sorry, Stu, I did have to name you. Um, but, yeah, it looks absolutely horrific. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow, really, really lay him out. Oh, why not? Yeah. It's, it's not like it's anybody hard. can come around and get me at the moment, so it's fine. <laughs> um, uh, yes, so obviously... So how are you know.
1: finding lockdown, then? How are you coping? Uh, well, with to be
0: honest, obviously, I'm a key worker, so I still leave five days a week to go to work. So, to be honest, with the exception to... Uh, People being like situated further away from it work. Essentially, it's business as normal. How about yourself? Yeah.
1: Well, no, I'm just trapped in a house.
0: (laughs) Honestly, (laughs)
1: there's only so much you can do during your day, and I think it's like um, I was. I was actually watching Lost. Of all things, I was watching um, Mm Lost. Really going down the rabbit hole, and it is that standard thing. Like it's almost like you're stuck on a desert island. You try and do something to kind of keep the repetitive nature of your day normal almost yeah. and give a routine but it just falls away so quickly like my sleeping pattern terrible um and i just <laughs> descend into binge watching tv and media and all that stuff and oh, like it's yeah. not bad but i want to go out i just want to like i want to go out drink eat
0: but binge watching tv i understand but binge watching lost i mean that's surely oh, there's uh, m- more important things you could see
1: <clears throat> yeah, well definitely to be fair Disney Plus still still big fan of Disney Plus uh, Mandalorian's all on there now I think and I think Rise of Skywalker's going over fourth the next few days 4th of May the fourth. First, May the 4th it's great um, but it January took me a day to realise that
0: I was like oh dear
1: Oh, that's been a <laughs> thing for a while but it means you've got all of the Skywalker saga so there's like all nine movies so yes. there is part of me that might binge watch <clears> that <throat> as a complete nerd um, Ooh, I'm happy to admit that but,
0: number order or chronological
1: uh I would do it in number order.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah, just chronological. Just... So start start with the best ones. Yeah, then you've yeah. got one, two, three after, then you can just uh, sleep through. And then what's well, the final saga after? Which I haven't actually seen the last one. Um, I'm not overly bothered by Star Wars. I, I mean, the thing is, on
1: chronological it. now, because they, <clears> they, they've changed the, the numbers round, so... Episode oh, okay. one is Phantom Menace. That is the first one. So, like, yeah, it be it, 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 it'd be the same either way. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you're on Disney Plus, chronological and numbers are the exact same. Now, yeah, so, I'd
0: still watch it with, a, with number four then. A yeah, one. exactly. Or, exactly,
1: just to ruin, ruin Star Wars
0: uh, as it was first called. <laughs> oh,
1: exactly. So that's kind of already been fixed. It's right. It's a bit weird. I think there was only a few years where it was the wrong way around for a bit. But yeah sorry i'm just nerding out more uh, I had save, noticed. Me. save me chris save me <laughs> make us look cool
0: again uh i don't think we've ever been cool to be fair we're just ourselves um yeah no, no, so it's a shame <laughs> well before we start on um our next uh, subject which is what i've been watching recently should we uh, polish these off and then we can move on okay to you,
1: yeah you you, you finish it off and then we'll talk about it so i just i think for me brew dog is really good uh, one of the things I will talk about BrewDog very quickly <clears throat> while we're still on the beer, okay. uh, the whole equity for punks thing. You're a shareholder in BrewDog. You've yeah, got a few shares in it. Um, I now have a few shares in BrewDog as well. Okay. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of UK breweries, I like how they're getting people involved in what they're doing and getting people to invest in the company and kind of this idea that it's everybody's brewery, not just this big company kind of thing. And I think it's a good way of doing it. You know, they, they've got a lot more mainstream than they were, but... I like the idea; they're trying to get everybody involved in being part of it. So.
0: Yeah, but to be fair, I actually have um, small shares in a number of different breweries. Um, you know, so for me, beer is a thing I just genuinely enjoy. Because we're alcoholics. Be... Well, no, it's the it's not just the drinking; it's also the social aspect that goes with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's it's good actually sharing like what you think of the beers and stuff about, and that that's the thing and like.
0: Well, the whole you know. reason we, why we started this podcast is this is what we used to do on a weekend anyway. We just decided to put a mic in front of us. So. <laughs> okay, so um, moving on from the tried and tested, we have the Peter Fog for this episode, which is Calypso by Siren. So this is a dry hopped sour. Um, we haven't had a sour. I don't believe so far. Um, no, I
1: don't think we have. And <laughs> no, we, we had the cucumber sour, didn't we? The cucumber oh, the cucumber one. Yeah, oh, yeah cucumber that,
0: one. That, so. that, that was a very strange taste. Uh, <laughs> so this one is 4%. So again, not massively strong in alcoholic yeah. volume. Um,
1: I mean, this is the one I'm most unsure about, if I'm honest, because I don't know. Sours, I kind of have a hit with like it depends how sour they are like some of the kind of more medium sourness ones which I think it can be quite pleasant as like a like difference in taste but or I foul. think sometimes a lot of sours leave like a really bad aftertaste <clears throat> and they just linger too long and I think if you have that kind of sour that just dries your mouth out and has a terrible aftertaste it's not something that's very drinkable and straight away it looks very hazy very light very hazy
0: One's not hazy at all <laughs> You're just <laughs> screwing
1: with me. you no, just screwing it. with if me. That
0: is crystal clear. No, mine, nothing like that. I, cause basically, we're using um, FaceTime to see each other as we're recording over the internet. And mine is a very light. That looks like a really, really Oh, okay. H-
1: here's the wow. thing, though. Okay, because, like, you delivered mine recently. I'm wondering if mine's more shook up, because this is an unfiltered, unfined...
0: Oh, uh, right, okay.
1: Uh, beer, so it might be that mo- I've got more sediment in mine. I think that's probably hmm. why. So this is a vegan-friendly beer, of course, because, you know... Uh, yeah, it's sort of as you funnel, can see through mine, might,
0: mine yeah. is like a really, really pale-looking lager.
1: That might be why, then. It might, just because mine hasn't settled yeah, as much. N- that mine's so, completely yeah, different okay. to
0: that. So, yeah. Apparently, it's my uh, driving must have been a bit too aggressive when I was dropping the beers off towards you. It's Very unlike you. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, it's Calypso Raws with sharp, spritzy, and mouth-puckering sensation. mouth Scented by tropical and citrusy hop aroma.
1: So there's going to uh, be citrusy hop notes. Okay, I think I want you to try this one first, because
0: it's sour. Okay, um, so I'm, the, the yes, most interesting yes. thing for me, apart from the colour of mine, yours looks more what I was expecting, um, yep. is that there's a very strange smell to it, a very strange aroma. Okay. Um, it kind of smells a bit it's, it smells a bit fruity but not anything i can pinpoint do you know what i mean
1: i mean this for me smells way more herbally like grass or something like oh here. okay
0: maybe we've just got two completely different beers <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> in the same can right i'm gonna go for it
1: yeah i just feel like it it's it it smells more organic i think uh, than some others okay that your reaction alone is like if you you remember those tang plastic adverts it's
0: exactly know? like that that's what it <laughs> tastes like, like <laughs> you know when you have a sour sweet and you're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> 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 it's like that reminds me of when i was younger in at the college there was a chinese exchange uh, student and he used to have these sour lemon sweets and then okay the lemon—they used to bring them over from China, and to be fair, I absolutely loved them because you had this proper, proper sharp lemon bitter taste.
1: But which, it was um, like covered in acid, which lasted
0: for—well, lasted for about thirty to sixty seconds, depending on the sweet. And then after that, it was just beautiful lemon sweet afterwards. But that sharpness—that's exactly what it just takes. Okay, I'm in like three. Yeah, it's definitely worth a blast. I want to see how much different yours is, really, just because the. Uh, the colour of it more than anything else. Because um, you haven't got the same reaction to me. I think. No.
1: Weirdly, like most of the lemon taste I'm getting kind of as an afternote, it For me, there's oh, a nice. lot of like bodied, which doesn't have much flavour. And then there is that initial sourness
0: to start with. Genuinely. I, although we have the identical... Category. They
1: could be brewed separately, right? This You well, do I, sometimes get this with independent brewer, breweries, right? So,
0: yeah, because I, I bought these at the same time from the same shop. Yeah. And yet, we've it, essentially. It looks like we've got two completely different beers.
1: Yeah, the sad truth is this happens like with different batches, and sometimes, you know, although you bought them at the same time, that you know they could be brewed at different times. And looking you know, at the might back. be something slightly different. It tells you at the back.
0: On the back. Underneath uh, like, the percent. Mine's P nine CF 26 A.
1: Mine is completely different.
0: Ah right, okay, so, so that explains the. Uh, <laughs> okay, a completely one different one. experience that we're having yes uh, in fact don't get me wrong it's different and i am enjoying mine but it's yeah. not kind of what i would associate with a normal beer do you know what i mean
1: honestly what i think is actually good about it on the second taste i think you like you say you get that initial sourness but unlike <clears> other sours that i've had it doesn't just stay there at the back of your throat Mm. kind of thing and that's the thing because the reason I normally hate sours is, is you drink them and you, that's all you can then taste for yeah. the next like 10 minutes and actually this is more refreshing like actually this is something
0: yeah mine's actually very light that, and crisp yeah, you know yeah I mean?
1: exactly you get the hit of lemon you get the hit of sourness but then it kind of goes away and what you're left with is a quite light-bodied beer at the end of the day that kind of is is quite pleasant you know
0: yeah for me I would actually have that if, you know if you're on a, a day where you're trying lots of different ales. Yeah. For me, I would have that as like a palate cleanser.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I just,
0: so when you go from like ale to ale to ale, sometimes it gets a bit like too heavy and like, no, you want something just to, you know, clean the palate, start again. That, I would go for that. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. No.
0: As a rule for that one. But yeah. So for me, light. mine is light, yeah. crisp. There is a sourness to it, but it's not overpowering. Yeah. Yours is completely different. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually, I'm really enjoying that so i know but uh,
1: to fair i think this shows more than anything is even you know the people listening to the podcast if you're trying the beers you might be trying a completely different yeah. version of that beer you know these are made in batches by master brewers or whatever like you know and the ratios might not be completely the same. might not be the same conditions some will be older than others as well like if you yeah. got you know this could be an older batch that's been left Set, like sitting for a long time, kind of thing, and you know, you are going to have different experiences. That's why we're always intrigued what other people think of these beers because we want to know, you know, the beers we're trying at the time is that the same kind of experience you're getting at home, yeah? You know, maybe two months down the line. So, why feedbacks so important, guys?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, after okay, what have you been watching then? Uh, so, what for me, the one one program that has really ticked the box so far during lockdown. Uh, on ITV there's a show called Gordon Gino, and Fred now I didn't see the first series which you have I
1: have seen the first season yeah Um, they kind of went to their own home so in the first season they went to each one of their like where the three of them originated from in terms of their style of cuisine yes and so they kind of each had like a few episodes showing you know different parts of it so I think they went to Italy they went to France and they went to England and so they had these different kind of experiences didn't they I think the first oh, one okay. I'm guessing the second one You've said is set in America So it's yeah, probably so, More region orientated That way
0: I mean I'm, I will just clarify That Gordon Ramsay's You know Scottish rather than English Scottish
1: you, Weirdly They went to <laughs> Scotland I mean I, I, I swear it was um, England they went to, but they Oh was it taken okay. I don't
0: know To be he He's based was, himself A lot inside of America and uh, In England Doesn't he So um, But at the moment He's mainly based in America um, So G, uh, Gordon Ramsay Gina you know, the Campo and Fred, I can never pronounce his surname, but it's Saru. Sure.
1: Yeah, yes.
0: Um, I think he's hilarious anyway. But yeah, so they start off the first episode, it's a, a mini series, about four episodes, which a lot of people have actually been complaining about that the series wasn't long enough. Um, but essentially, the way I can kind of describe it is imagine Top Gear with people who've been friends for a lot longer period on steroids. So, yeah. um, in the first episode, they're uh, going around Mexico and uh, reviewing some different eateries, and then they're getting involved in this uh, dirt car race, and Gino De Campo nearly kills himself. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, it was full-on panic. I mean, people genuinely thought like he, he killed himself, how bad his accident was. Um, so, you know, so, yeah, that was uh, an interesting episode. But then they did some different bits and pieces. There's quite a lot of content inside the uh, just the four shows. Um, But the one that I think got captured the most, at least in the media sense or um, public eye sense, uh, was when they went to San Francisco. Uh, so San Francisco, basically, there is a cannabis culture. So what they do is they separate the different chemicals from the cannabis plant so you can have the was it the cbd the one that's supposed to have the um yeah. medicinal purposes so they separate that so that's one uh, oil that i can get or the other one is the one that's the hallucinogenic part so and then they put droplets of that on food and then you basically you eat food and get high but it's like you know it's like kind of designer food like you know kind of along the lines of michelin
1: yeah, 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 food
0: rather than just that seems yeah, hysterical. Putting it on yeah. chips and stuff. Yeah, so Gordon Ramsay refused to. Sorry, putting it on chips.
1: It's not vinegar at like
0: a. Fish. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything oh, more can basic. I just have a
1: bit, of, uh, a bit of cannabis on that, please, yeah. <laughs> and a bad sausage. Oh, cheers. cheers. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, but yeah, Gordon Ramsay was like, "No, I'm not getting involved in any of this." So, and as we've discovered quite a lot throughout this show, Gino's crazy. So, you pour a glass of wine in front of him and he necks it like it's a shot. You know, you could just see Fred pulling his it was like, no, no, slow down, slow down, slow down. And he just keeps on going, keeps on going. Absolutely crazy. So, yeah, he keeps on going over the top with um, this hallucinogenic, like, drops on this food. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And basically, the, the only way to really describe it is they end up running around in, like, golden and pink leotards essentially, like, Closely akin to budgie smugglers, with like braces. Is probably the best way to describe it. Running yeah. around San Francisco, just causing absolute carnage. In the meantime, going around just standing there, going, "What the hell is going on?" But it's that type of thing that when you put people together, there's certain reactions. I mean, obviously, oh, rapport builds over time. You can tell that these people have been friends for a long time because the way in which they react to each other. It's yeah. like yeah, you can tell there's the plot. Yeah. yeah. You can tell it's the parts that are staged, and then you can tell the parts that are real.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is why, like, Jeremy Clarkson, James May, Richard Hammond, like, the original Top Gear crew... Well, not the original, but, like, the main... Yeah,
0: the main yeah. one. Yeah.
1: Um, I think, you know, they, they obviously had good chemistry. They built up a rapport, hence why they kind of had to stay together. Because the minute you try and take somebody out of the but it would be difficult, right? Yeah. And that's what Top Gear... <laughs> a new one we've always said, I think we've mentioned on the podcast before, yes. is one of the biggest problems is the chemistry. And, and actually they've got to a point now where I think they have really good chemistry there again. And it yeah. feels way more natural. And I watched the first season of it and it was equally crazy. I mean, I remember they went to like a nudist beach or whatever and it was like Gino again running around completely naked saying, oh, it's fine. And then like Gordon Ramsay just being like typical British. I'm, I'm not taking my clothes off. I'm not, I'm not taking part. This. Like, yeah, But I think it's it's that like realistic friendship thing of, I'm not going to do it, but I'm going to sit back and watch you do it and just yeah. judge you heavily kind of thing. And I think that's quite well, good. They don't like stop each other from doing stuff and being crazy. So well, I one
0: thing I did like about it is you can you can see there three different cultures. So Gordon is, um, obviously he's like so pedantic when it comes to having everything right, especially every time he starts cooking, you can see that, like, the switch just flicking his head and everything has to be done yeah. like, accurate, precise. There's no margin for error. Everything has to be done. And literally, you see the the switch just instantly clicking his head the second any through is involved. Yeah. Um, Fred is more typical French. Style, so, substance. So, <laughs> <laughs> I said it, make. I'll say it, I'll say it. <laughs> it's kind of that pretentiousness of, what well, French is always better. I think some of the time he does it just to get a reaction. But there's also that part of, yeah. Well, actually, there's a hint of truth in what he's trying to say. Yeah, you know I mean, he genuinely believes yeah. that the French stuff is better. And then Gino's just a typical crazy Italian. So yeah.
1: he's like, if your grandma ever cooked for you, that would be him, kind of thing. Like, well, he was actually, no measurements at all. Like, guy just goes for it. Like,
0: well, they had this, um, <laughs> this like. Uh, old lady chef uh in america feature on the show now bear in mind this woman is like world renowned for the stuff that she cooks Yeah, you know, so it's not a small thing that they've got this woman on the show to do some cooking for them yeah and he yeah. and gino's there criticizing what she's doing <laughs> you're like oh, wow. like, what on earth are you doing and you can just see the woman just like i'm gonna beat you with a spatula <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so for for me, uh, you can find it on uh, ITV Player, I think. I think it's still on there at the moment. It's def if you haven't got uh, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth a watch. I do want to watch the original series. However, it's on BritBox. Is it not on all four? Um, it's ITV. Oh,
1: sorry, uh, the <laughs> ITV on demand thing. Uh,
0: no, I think I think they purposely put it on BritBox, hoping you'll pay for it. But on that thing, yeah. of, I've paid my TV license and stuff once for those key channels. I'm not going to pay for it again, so yeah. I'm sure it'd be on YouTube at some point, so I'll just keep it a blast on there. But yeah, it's uh, Gordon, Gino, and Fred traveling across America. Definitely, definitely, definitely. I
1: definitely that. I seem <laughs> like it better than Lost by the sounds of it. <laughs> I,
0: uh, I mean, to be fair, I've got some paints that you can watch draw if you wanted. That's better than Lost.
1: You know what? I it might be controversial. <laughs> I don't care if I get hate for it. I don't mind Lost. I really enjoy it. I I liked. I I remember watching it the first time round, kind of thing, and kind of
0: getting into it then. I like it. I I tried to get into it when it was massive. I tried to get into yeah. it, but yeah. for me, it just it just couldn't grip me. But then again, there's a, f- a few big series that were really popular for me, you just don't tip that box. Um, another one was Game.
1: Oh, Game of Thrones. Stargate.
0: Game of Thrones for me, I just never, ever got into it. I, know I think a lot I of watched
1: it because everybody else was watching it. It's same with Breaking Bad as well. Like, I liked the first couple of series of Breaking Bad, but even then I watched the whole thing and it's just, I think it's because everybody else is watching it, you feel like you need to kind of thing. But
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. Um No, but I think sometimes these things just get overhyped. I think it's the same with, like, films as well. So, like, when I was younger, um, like one of the big films over the summer was like Superbad. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like where Seth Rogen kind of started off. was that film? I think that's his name, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. McLovin.
0: Um, yeah. I mean, for me, that, <laughs> t- that film was completely awful in every single possible conceivable way. Yet it was like so hyped up, and you're like, why? I laughed once in a 2 hour film.
1: I think that's the thing though, it's, it depends <clears throat> what kind of comedy, because I'm with you, it's, it's, it wasn't as funny as I think other people found it, but, you know.
0: Yeah, it's, I suppose it's all personal taste at the end of the day, but I tend to like a bit more either full-on slapstick or clever comedy.
1: comedy, yeah, exactly. You want something where you kind of have to think about it, but actually that's really clever, that, the way they've yeah. done that, yeah.
0: That, that's more my type of lines, and I think yours is very similar as well, so. Yeah,
1: except Lost. Well, no. good, yeah, that's not anyway, comedy, on that. On that note, we're going to move on to uh, our around the world. So you're going to neck that. All right, Dad. Dad, don't, don't you <laughs> don't you speak back to me, son? All right, I'll come okay. around there and slap you but, from two meters away. Uh,
0: yeah. Excuse me, social distancing. So the around meters. the <laughs> so the uh, around the world for this episode is from Thailand, which is the Beer. Um, Which is
1: bottled, this is a bottled one in <laughs> Thailand. I think the trouble we have quite often with around the world, and the reason why we, we very rarely find like these kind of new age beers that nobody else would have ever heard of, is it's really hard to find them, right? <laughs> and most of them are brewed in like Ireland or something like that, randomly. I, I think that's Some our biggest
0: issue, really, because... Our aim when we first started this, and we introduced the Rango, is we wanted to try and find as much like exotic random beer that we'd never heard of before just to you know try and see what these things were like, really just to justify your spine and for sort of the yeah, prices. Yeah. But actually, I mean, especially at the moment, trying to get something like different is like really hard work, yeah. Um, and in fact,
1: a lot, even a lot of like the American breweries and stuff. Or or like German, like a lot of them use the breweries over here to brew and bottle uh, so they can do it in this country and stuff like that. I think now, especially post Brexit, which we don't talk politics, but I suppose the the point is now there is different taxation rules and stuff like that. And so it's kind of how they can do it as cheap as possible. So maybe that means they might brew their own more and ship it over rather than doing it here. I don't know how. Well, that's
0: that's another reason why, because we genuinely try and get beers that are generally brewed abroad. We know we don't want something like there's some of our phone from like New Zealand and that, but actually they're still brewed in yeah. Scotland. It's like, no, we're trying to get stuff that is authentically brewed abroad, just so we can well, get I those different flavours. The ones
1: we always talk about is, <clears throat> you know, we're we're both really big fans of America in general, but like when you go over to America and drink beer in America, it is completely different from the same beer that you might drink over here, right? Um, and massively it's like night and day so yeah I think that and that and that's kind of one of the big points is when you realize that distinct difference you're like actually I want to I want to taste it how it is over here the reason it's famous is because of this country where it's made not the reproduction we've got over here like and so you want to taste that original
0: the classic one is Budweiser I mean for me yeah uh, Budweiser in America is actually quite an enjoyable drink Budweiser over here I'd I'd rather have water you know it's Boy, I still yeah.
1: like Budweiser here, so I, I do agree, better in merit, but... And
0: right. then when
1: you go to sporting events, it tastes even different then.
0: Well, that's because we're normally three parts cut and can't taste anything anyway. Uh, but yeah, so the uh, <laughs> Around the World is Singer. Now, I say it is a Thai beer. Now, for me, personally, it's not the best Thai beer. If you came okay. to a Thai beer to choose from, I would choose Chang every time. Um, uh yeah. But Chang has actually become more and more increasingly difficult to find in this country. I think probably down to marketing purposes. Um, yeah. I'm not too sure who Singer have actually combined with for a marketing aspect in the UK, but normally they tend to buddy up with a larger brewery along the lines of like Heineken or Carlsberg or you know any of the big name brands to try of push their product. So I'm not too sure who they have associated with, but you'd assume that they would do that type of thing. Uh, but yeah, so um, I haven't had Singer for quite a few years, really. So I just wanted to see what it'd be like in comparison, especially with the different variations of the beer that we've had so far. So yeah. you, I can see you've had a swig already. So yeah. what would you...
1: Well, I think straight away, kind of lighter colour. I mean, it's a lager at the end, day, so you're kind of expecting that kind of light golden colour almost, Um to play on, but you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. Um yeah. Slightly darker than my version of the Calypso that I had. Very, very slightly. Um, it's a lot less
1: hazy than my version of. Uh, <laughs>
0: <Calypso>. <laughs> yeah. So, instantly having a swig of that, that there's a little bit of a lingering aftertaste that you don't get in a normal lager. That I'm just not a massive fan of. Do you do you get the same notes as me? Um, I, I can't even pinpoint what it is. There's just something different about the flavour. Yeah, I mean, for me, it puts yeah. Me no,
1: I know, I know what you mean. There is, like, I don't know if that's like a, the malt taste afterwards or something like that. Um,
0: well, let's have a quick look at what's in the bottle. Um, ah, absolutely no ingredients whatsoever.
1: Superb. Well, this is what you get when you get imported beers, right? I mean.
0: Well, it does say imported in big red letters, James.
1: There you go. So.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I know
1: you mean that. There is a, a, a very weird aftertaste there, which I, I'm never a real kind of big fan of. Yeah. You, you tend to get this with a lot of Asian-style lagers. Um, you know, if I'm honest, there is always this kind of almost... Um, like, I suppose, because you get a lot of rice beers and stuff like that. It's almost yes. there's kind of that kind of aftertaste yeah. part of it. It's like a component at the end.
0: It probably could um, be rice, you know. That's probably a good shout um
1: yeah i was was certainly thinking like that's the kind of thing you would normally get in in these kind of asian beers um because that's saying that they're not as full-bodied as kind of a european beer um they tend to be a lot lighter uh and stuff like that as well because of i suppose they rely on different kind of ingredients and stuff so um but i'd say the thing is realistically it's still very kind of clean i wouldn't say it's anywhere near as crisp just because there's no real flavor profile there for me like you know it's a light-bodied lager at the end. day. It. it's probably more water than anything else.
0: But, uh, um, ironically good. enough, it's actually the um, it's actually the strongest beer we've had, alcoholic volume. So the fir- yeah. um, the Dead Pony was three point eight. Uh, the Calypso was four, and this is actually five percent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the exception to that note that but I it can taste, taste, I don't strong, like strong
1: though. It doesn't taste no. strong. It's just a weird flavour. I think the thing is that mm. again. You know, I, I would guess it must have like a rice beer or something like that because that is what you normally get. Because they tend to be quite weak tasting but actually very strong in alcohol content.
0: So, yeah, um, for me, I mean, these type of beers, the other ones you kind of associate would be Chang, I say, which is probably my personal favorite, or um, Tiger
1: Sapporo. No, Sapporo's Sapporo is Japanese. Is that Japanese? No, yeah, I meant yeah. in terms of uh, taste though.
0: Oh, no, no, so I'd like yeah. Sapporo is a lot smoother. I'd probably say Sapporo is probably closer to Chang, than it would be sooner. Um, but yeah, no, Tiger, Chang, Singer they tend to be the three main beers from that region. For me Singer's probably the lowest of the three um, Ironically enough, Tiger uh, I actually like out of a bottle but I actually don't like it as much on draft I
1: don't think I'd hand it on draft I tend to i tend to kind of avoid it's not the kind of beer I would normally go for and, I bought it, it on the I
0: sub, know. I thought you'd tried it before Oh, my I'd just tried oh, it yeah, I know.
1: No, you. I think I probably have tried it on a sub. To be fair, and yeah. it's probably so generic. I, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't really. Like, yeah, register for me. on the
0: sub, it was actually closer to flavour in this. Where I can yeah, it which is probably
1: bottom. why I. Which is probably why yeah. I didn't <clears throat> think of it.
0: Yeah. So, oh, is uh, it the
1: kind of blue label orange? orange yes, that's of? the one. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah
0: I have. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I'm known for a fact it's very,
1: Yeah, it's very. It's, yeah, I don't. I don't think that was particularly good. That's a. That's a whole different podcast. So, uh, <laughs>
0: Yeah, so uh singer, it's if you want to try a different type of lager, that extra note that you that we're picking up you may really enjoy. For me personally, I'm just not really ticking the box of what I want head of a beer. Yeah. My personal opinion. Uh, you seem to be agreeing with it as well though. So
1: Well the thing is I, I again, it's what we always say when we have kind of lagers on these, like there isn't much there. <clears throat> there isn't much there in terms of flavour. So it's not like it's a really bad beer well, no, it's, like, not, it's, it's not drinkable it's, it's not offensive yeah you know if you've got a bottle in it's probably what you'd start with just to get it out of the way kind of thing it's not like but it's not like a main event that's thing it's not like you know a beer that i would particularly go out and yeah. pick up i know?
0: wouldn't i wouldn't start with it for me that's a case of uh okay so you drank all the beer that you really wanted yeah the one you really really like and it gets to you know about half 10 you go you know what i'll have one more before i go I, mean, I,
1: I just move straight on to spirits, mate. I, I'd skip it entirely. Yeah,
0: but I'm not a massive spirits drinker anymore. Um oh, and you, you don't
1: talk about that night, right? Like...
0: <laughs> oh, there's so many nights. Um... <laughs> okay, but yeah. so
1: I think we need to we need to kind of recover from my nerdiness when it came to Star Wars and Lost. Of all things, how Lost ever appeared on this podcast, I had no idea. Okay. Um, and let's talk about sports and and try and like. Let's try and bring it back to you know, kind of alpha male <laughs> stuff. But, you
0: know, what, what I love is, is the alpha male pose that you tried to do. They did. <laughs> this, the <laughs> this
1: is why we're not on YouTube. Uh,
0: okay. I'm looking forward to they were we're on YouTube and people get to see this stuff.
1: <laughs> no, I, I would, <laughs> I'd be very sensible.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no,
1: I wouldn't
0: no. Okay, yeah, so, um. Well, briefly touch on sports. We're not going to go into it too much, obviously. There isn't
1: much. I mean, I think we said it last podcast episode as well. It's a lot of speculation. We don't really know how different things are coming off of lockdown, what plans are. Like, you know, I've seen NHL were talking about a potential December start of the season, uh, maybe having some kind of empty stadium games, stuff like that, you know, when lockdown measures have been kind of eased. But um, I think realistically, I think there's an acceptance that this next year there's going to be massive delays on on pretty much most sports if not all sports Um, and I think some will go against some of the guidance I think just to try because I think some just can't afford to maybe take the steps that everybody else is going to take so it'll be interesting to see what sports actually go and how people react more than anything.
0: Well yeah because so far we have one big sporting name that is actually starting without funds on the 14th of May. So that's NASCAR. So although NASCAR isn't massive in Europe, I mean, I personally do follow it. It will be. Uh, Oh yeah, well, considering (laughs) it's the only sport you can watch, I can imagine that uh, viewership will increase. That's possibly part of the reason why they're doing it as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I see, I'm not a massive like racing fan. I occasionally watch Formula One. I think it used to be a lot better. Don't think it's as good anymore. But um, I think it's one of those where when I'm around you, I tend to watch maybe more like MotoGP a little bit, NASCAR yeah. a little bit as well, because it's something you're interested in and it's kind of in the background. So um, I think because I'm so desperate to watch more sport and <laughs> you can only re watch NHL games where Ducks win so many times because there's too many <laughs> overtime losses, um, you know. It'll be nice to watch some proper live sport, I think, and stuff like that. And actually, to get into I, it. I think
0: that's the reason why they do it because it's the first yeah. basically big brand that are uh, going. Okay, we can actually do this, and we. Thing is, though, the fun noise and the ambience. Although it can be fun, it doesn't really add that much to NASCAR because the sheer noise of the engines. Yeah. So I it's know. not like you're really going to miss. Hearing anything from that
1: game? I think unlike most sports, there's no on-field action, right? Like everybody's isolated in their own cars as well. So like in terms of distancing, that there is minimal. I'm not saying there's no risk to the you know the racers who are going to get involved, but there is minimal risk to the racers and stuff like that. Um, And I think, you know, the infrastructure, I think I I quickly was reading about it, that they're trying to put in place in terms of like accommodation and teams and trying to make sure that the team's are supported. I think they're putting a limit on the the amount of staff that different teams can have so that they don't bring like a massive entourage and like, you know, try and limit the number of people that are going to be there. You know, I think they're, they're trying everything they can do. And I think of all sports, it's the most likely to work with social distancing rules. Right. So I think racing is more potential. And I think, other racing kind of sports are going to be looking at this thinking, okay, can we do the same now? Like
0: The biggest thing really sticking from NASCAR is that it's a very family sport. So they turn up with their whole family. So wife, mother, you know, Three aunties, like, four times removed. Like, everyone. I, I was up. saying,
1: <clears throat> isn't isn't that the same thing for them, though? mother,
0: sister? <laughs> like, is that not all just one person? <laughs> <laughs> Only in certain parts of America. Only in uh, certain parts. <laughs> you know, the deep, deep south. Um, they do yes. like NASCAR, though. <laughs> I, I, I love NASCAR. I think it's a great sport. I mean, for me, I grew up on Formula One. Um, loved Formula One. Completely lost interest when they removed refueling from it because... <clears throat> I understand why because they were trying to make it safer but they made a essentially boring sport that people enjoyed really boring. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So like, basically you took away all element because they'd, by that time they'd already yeah. restricted how you were able to overtake. Um, you know, They were trying to add different things afterwards to make it more exciting. But you can watch a whole Formula 1 race and there'll be three overtakes the whole race. You know, at least with yeah. NASCAR, although it is a really rudimental style of vehicle, you know, literally the only thing that stops you from flipping over is about four flaps that literally come up when the pressure takes off. It's not activated by anything. It's literally held on by string. They just pop up <laughs> right, and the pressure comes off them to try and stop the car from rolling. That's all you've got. Um, just before the uh, everything got paused... Uh, the last race, Ryan Newman, who is a very, very experienced driver. You know, he's been around the circuit for about 15 plus years. You know, he's been at the top at certain points as well. Yeah. Like, his car flipped and it nearly killed him. You know, because when these things go, it's 200 miles an hour. Yeah. With nothing holding you in place. You know what I mean? It is literally a shell with some plastic stuck over. That's all. I
1: mean, don't get me wrong. I wrong. I understand the impact <laughs> that it has on the drivers, but... Like you say, the reason you watch something like NASCAR and the two things I most enjoy, the noise, the sheer noise of the vehicles, like cars oh, as they're yeah. drive by. And, you know, I think I, I still have never been to like Silverstone or something like that. Yeah. And, like watch something like, I would love to just to hear that like firsthand as it's like just going past you. Like I'm sure it would just be unbelievable. Yeah,
0: because uh, um, me and my wife went um, 2013 to Silverstone to watch the Moto G- yeah. Um, yeah. She's been hooked ever since. I mean, she wasn't bothered before, but when she went, she completely loves it. Yeah. But there's nothing like listening to a Ducati go past 1000cc. Because literally, I was about, I was trying to talk to my wife uh, in her ear, and I was less than an inch away from her, her ear, and she could not hear a single word I was saying.
1: Well, that's because she drowns you out. Like, she's done that a lot, <laughs> and that's
0: actually, like, she? has had uh, done that five weeks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I mean it's just the, the noise the ambience and you feel it yeah. as well because the, it's so low literally you feel the sound hit you and that's why so, I would love to go to a NASCAR race I'm not going to lie I would yeah, love
1: you that. watch it for the noise the second thing you watch it for the crashes because let's be honest as much as you don't want drivers getting hurt at the same time you do oh, the like things get smashed up and that's but, what you want to say yeah, like you're just like but, oh my god how, how has that happened and he's also now just walking away from it like what like, that's the unbelievable part
0: It's like, um, so generally NASCAR for me, I enjoy a lot of the races. I actually prefer the oval races to street circuits because there's a lot more tactics involved and I kind of like that statistical aspect of it. Um, but the big one, there's two big races, um, each season. One is Daytona, which everyone will have heard of Daytona in some way, because it's the home of NASCAR. And the other one is Talladega, which a lot of people will know because of the Will Ferrell film. Um, don't get me wrong I love NASCAR but watching a Talladega race is the most boring thing you'll ever watch (laughs) okay because the reason why they've done it is they've made that tracks four essentially four lanes wide with so anybody can overtake anyone and it's literally just flat out all the way along there's no braking or anything like that no no real turning it's literally just round and round and round for three and a half hours and it is really really soul destroying to watch However, when there is a crash, it is, that particular track is the most spectacular one you'll ever see crashes on because literally, because they're so packed in in those boxes, you have nowhere yeah. to go. And literally, any of the crashes, majority of crashes you'll see on YouTube, most of them will come from Talladega because of the yeah. the spectacularness of those crashes. But it is an awful race to watch. Yeah, generally, most of the races, even like the big ovals, the tri-ovals and stuff like that. So... There's a lot of breaking and turning. So actually there's overtakes like every couple of seconds all the way along. And that's where I find it interesting. But,
1: well, yeah, because it's not like you don't see somebody get a little bit ahead and think, yeah, they're just going to stay ahead the whole time kind of thing. And, yeah. You know, Formula One, like you say, that's all that tends to happen now. Like, it's very rare to get you know, overtakes, but it ten, tends to be whoever, you know, starts off first and keeps a good lead tends to keep their lead. Yeah. Something has to go wrong <laughs> for them, you know.
0: That's why motorcycle racing is fun, because, again, lots of swapping and changing. The, yeah. the, the vehicles aren't as wide. But, yeah, but that's my personal thing. Uh, yeah. But
1: back so in, if you're craving sport, watch NASCAR.
0: Yeah, 14th of May. Um, but yeah, we don't know what's happening with any of those. I don't think, to be honest, I don't think the big body's no. going to know either. So,
1: right. I think what was interesting, because um, I don't think we mentioned the NFL live draft. That was very, the virtual draft was interesting, I think. Like, There's like, a reason why I didn't mention
0: it, it but... because as a Green Bay Packers fan, the draft for us was utterly horrific. So, uh...
1: Yeah, I'm only like, um, they did draft <laughs> rankings, and unsurprisingly, you are ranked the worst. Um...
0: Well, we, um, we have the, probably one of the best quarterbacks in history playing for us. Uh, definitely statistically wise as well. Um, and we were in dire need of getting some wide receivers to help him out to actually try and get us to a Super Bowl. Because we got to the NFC Championship last year. Um, no. And we drafted, I think, pretty much every player apart from a wide receiver, including yeah. his replacement. So, you know, I mean, that's... What a way to piss a bloke off.
1: Honestly, that, that is the thing, right? It's, it's the fact you do even get a wide receiver because he is, he is such a phenomenal like quarterback, to have a wide receiver who with a skill player. I mean, 26th overall pick, you've got a good scope of getting a really good player who would be able to support that. And instead, yeah. they were like, we really like you, but here's your replacement. He, and it's, Here's
0: the younger person who's going to replace you in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, for me, I just don't. Uh, you
1: know, I think what we're going to see is a similar <clears throat> thing to maybe you know, Tom Brady and Patriots, is, is him moving on eventually to a different you know, yeah. club. And that's such a shame because, you know, actually, I think, Really, if they worked with him, maybe, maybe that would have been a thing. Oh, be I've, interesting to see. What was his reaction to it? Did he make a comment? Or been, he he's
0: watched? been very quiet about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, that's kind of understandable. But uh, Brett Favre, who the person who Aaron Rodgers actually got drafted to replace, has kind of said his story of it. Um, there was a long time where they actually wouldn't speak, but now they're actually quite good friends. Yeah. So it'll be interesting in the long term to see what happens.
1: Yeah, we well, this- literally, like his on, on the day, the, the quote which I've got here was, We haven't picked a skilled player in the first round in 15 years, so that would be kind of cool. That's what he was saying on draft day. Like, that's what he wanted. And, yeah. you know. and
0: the skill he picked was his replacement. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so- yeah I, thought, I actually think the virtual thing actually worked quite well. I've got to be honest. Yeah, so, I think
1: it shows how other sports can easily do a, a draft and it work quite well.
0: Well, some, um, some drafts have actually been postponed, um, haven't they? So. Yeah,
1: apparently the players had every possible, like 32 hats, like stents to their houses, <laughs> all that stuff. Because, Makes sense, to be honest. Because you know, they tried to do it. But I think it was very, it was very weird not having the big showmanship of them coming out on stage. Uh, you know, most of it was in their parents' living room. Yeah. Like, on On the sofa with their parents. And I think, weirdly, it kind of, if I'm honest, like normally when I watch it, like when they're in the stadium, they look half of them look like really bad people. I'm not going to use the c word that I really want to call them, but um, you know they they all look very arrogant and stuff like that. But actually, when you see them with their parents and they're a bit more down to earth, seem humbling. a bit more human. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. a bit more humbling, and I think there's something quite nice about that. But at the same time. I feel like I'm sure there's like 50 or 60 of those people that got picked that I just would hate as human beings. And you don't tend to see that as much. I yeah, can yeah. hate them early. <laughs> I, I will start liking them and then hate them later on. I
0: so. think two words to kind of describe that aspect is Johnny Man.: Jordan Love.
1: Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh,
1: you're welcome. You're welcome.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh, right, sorry. on that note. Um, <laughs> shall sorry. we go to the wild card? I'm looking forward
1: to the world card. I really yeah.
0: am. Okay. So, well, the world card is from Droigate Brewing Company. So this is called Disco Forklift Truck, which is a mango pale ale. So this is going to go one of two ways, I think, for me. It's either going to be absolutely fantastic, which I'm hoping for, or it's going to be utterly horrific. Yeah. So, yeah. Um
1: so what i want before i even like taste it right is i want something that has kind of a really nice crisp mango flavor to it something that might have like a slightly hopper hoppy aftertaste a hopper hoppy aftertaste hopper hoppy aftertaste <laughs> um, and something that like isn't too strong or overpowering like i don't want just mango and nothing but mango you know but at the same time you know mango was, mango
0: and nothing but mango
1: not mango, mango <laughs> nothing but mango that's the title of the podcast right there okay <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, it pretty much is uh, <laughs> it'll,
1: be, it'll be it'll be interesting that's what I want I'm a bit but, worried it'll there'll be like a hint of mango and just like Chinese, weird.
0: for a pale ale it looks remarkably like a lager yeah no yours looks yours looks different to mine again no yours looks darker and hazy mine is crystal clear like a lager you can smell the mango
1: I do um, agree the mango is quite strong actually but
0: we're the colours of these are definitely different. <laughs> Again, because, the, cause uh,
1: I, I have like a more oval glass, though, kind of thing. So no, maybe, no, maybe no, 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 of it.
0: definitely, definitely. Uh, it's fair. These were purchased at different times. Okay, fair enough. So, uh, the top of the can's actually a different colour as well. If you look, because yours is a black top and mine's a silver one. So, yeah. Okay, we can. I say we can definitely sm- um, smell the mango. Um, it's 5.1% in volume. I say for me, mine yours looks a bit more closer to a pale where mine looks more like a lager.
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, I I'm I'm just gonna try it because I'm. I'm yep, very... you carry on.
0: I'm gonna look through. So uh, this 24 carat beer is loaded with golden caramel malt and more tropical hops than you can shake your flares at. Oh dear. Uh, strobing burst of mango, passion fruit, and papaya make like this jukebox juice box just as tasty at a barbecue as it is on the dance floor
1: okay the thing is i don't want to give away reactions but honestly i I will say straight away that is a very very pleasant drink
0: i would say you you've got that uh i want to drink more yeah so
1: what i think i like about it it, it's not like immediate although you smell the aroma of the mango it's not like an immediate mango taste The, the mango is kind of kind of the body of the beer so you get it kind of as like in the middle of of everything and i think that's quite nice you get like a refreshing hit kind of mango taste and then it kind of goes into kind of the hoppiness bitter aftertaste which i i've always liked about kind of uh, pale ales and stuff like that so for me this is actually a really nice beer and nothing's too overpowering like it's a very fruity mango taste very sweet but then you've got the bitterness afterwards and i think it's not overly bitter either so
0: this for me is a beer version of a fruity cider
1: Yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing Um, that's what they were going for, if I'm honest. If you're going to put mango in a beer, that's probably what you're aiming for. Like, it's it's fruity, but not too fruity. That's the thing. It's not
0: over the top. It's not over pairing. That is a... To be honest, I'd see what they mean about the barbecue. Because in the sunshine, with a barbecue on the go in the back garden, having some friends around, that is a beer that I would grab from the fridge. So I actually quite enjoy that. Um,
1: There is a fruitiness...
0: But it's not overpowering fruity. Yeah. So
1: there's it's just kind just, of like this bitter start that just kind of breaks away and then it just kind of leads into this mango kind of fruitiness. So you get suddenly this sweetness, mm. sweetness that comes through it. Um, but not overpowering that's, sweetness. Yeah, yeah, not overpowering at all. It's very delicate. And that's thing. Actually, that, that is really nice.
0: It was like the, um, like the Fr- uh, framboise that you get from uh, Blue the yeah. raspberry beer. So for me, that's too sweet. You know so for the taste of having a beer then that sweetness from the fruit doesn't really work that no. does I think that's much there's a much more delicate balance to that um no, I'm actually really enjoying that now James comes to the time where we uh list our order of what's our favorite and okay. what i work.
1: i I tend to like ninety percent of the time go first in the ordering so I think for a change i will i okay. bow down to you uh, to, to, to give your
0: order first? Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think our order is probably going to be the same.
1: Yep, I would guess so, but
0: I'm curious. <laughs> so, last place is the Sinker. Um, okay. Yeah, it's... Really? Uh, shocking. Um, shocking yeah, it's a lager, but not necessarily a, a lager that I, I'm a massive fan of anyway. Um I wanted to see what it was like in... Um, connection to the other styles of beers around because we our purposely went for more of a yep. varied style. Um, so yeah sing, the single for me just yeah, if it was there and it was the last thing to have to drink I would have it but I wouldn't choose it. For me second and third places are very close. Um, in fact hold on a second.
1: I think we're doing similar things. It's the thing that when you get to the end, you just suddenly want to remember what the other beers taste like. And I'm not going to lie, if you start tasting some of the other beers, like actually some of those orders change suddenly. You're like, actually, that suddenly tastes a lot more sour than it did before. That suddenly tastes a lot more hoppy than it did before. Well,
0: actually, having that swig um, has has actually changed my order slightly. So in third place is the Calypso by Siren. Yep. Um, Although, actually, I quite enjoyed it. Um, And that sourness is different. So it's definitely a drink I will have again. But it is a sharper sourness to it, where sometimes you want that bit more subtle flavour to the beer. So for me, the Calypso is in third. The Dead Pony Club is in second. Again, it's a staple drink, simple. We know what you're getting every time. And yeah, uh, the Disco Forklift Truck, the Mango Pale Ale. It's a clear winner.
1: Clear winner. Um, okay, so this is the thing, right? For me, fourth and third place is a lot closer than than kind of second and third, right? Okay. Straight away. And if I'm honest, I I'm very tempted to just, a, just a go away from you a little bit. To a little bit. And and I'm gonna put siren fourth, right? Okay. Because I just don't like sours. I like I like sour sweets when it comes to sour drinks. I just don't understand why people like sour beers, in my opinion. And I always think, like, when I've tried some of the rhubarb ones and some of the others, I find them really annoying. And I just had a mouthful of the siren after the mango pale ale. And because of how much fruitier, like, the mango is and how much more delicate it is, suddenly that sourness suddenly tastes a lot more sour.
0: It was a lot, it was a lot sharper, because that's exactly what yeah. I did, obviously. That, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to recap what those flavours were. Yeah, yeah, were.
1: exactly. And I'm thinking, actually... The thing is, I don't really like Singer. I I'm with you. I rate far other, like lagers. You know, from kind of that region ahead of it. Um, but at the same time, I'd probably still put that ahead of the Siren. Like, okay. if I was going to drink one of them consistently, I would probably more easily drink Singer than another kind of can of Siren. So okay. uh, Singer's going to be third. Dead Pony Club is second. I will say I really like Brewdog beers and Dead Pony Club is One of those that I've had a lot of, and it is one of my go to kind of if I want a session IPA, I you know I'd definitely go for it. I think that it, it was the World Cup, though. Disco Fort Littre. I didn't expect it to be necessarily my favorite, but I'm really glad it wasn't bad. Um, and it was really good, so uh, yeah, mango uh, pale ale, man, that it, is good.
0: Well, if you've had um a couple of beers, you know, if, if you're going out on a night out on the town and you want a you know a, a nice beer to finish on. Yeah, I'd definitely recommend that Dis- uh, Disco Forklift truck. It was so much nicer than I anticipated. But, to be honest, with that mango and pale ale, I didn't yeah. quite know how it would work. Yeah. Um, and
1: let's say people are, if because uh, to be fair, one of my friends actually, I think last episode got some of the beers that we tried and kind of gave his reaction on it. And he he agreed with us quite a lot actually on those. Oh, that's cool. Um, so oh, well, uh, I would say that- Disco Forklift truck. It's Drygate uh, Drygate Brewery Co. I'd go check that one out because actually. That is that is a good one, and I don't think I've seen that before either.
0: Yeah, um, well, that's the reason why I picked it because I, I saw it in the supermarket. I went, that looks crazy. Let's give it a try. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's thing yeah.
1: for me. If I was in a shop buying a beer for a night, like a few beers, the fact that it's mango pale ale would probably normally put me off of it yeah. because quite a lot of fruit beers do not taste very good, right?
0: It, it depends. That's very all,
1: delicate. That's very good.
0: It all depends on the fruit. Me, you know, yeah what yeah. kind of but also what type of beer you're trying to aim for you
1: know yeah.
0: so um like with more fruity sours that makes for me in my opinion generally makes them even more sour uh but then sometimes that fruitiness that fruitiness going into a beer can either lift it or drop it down a lot so yeah yeah don't i don't I think the key thing is just don't don't really out until you've tried it sometimes you'd be surprised how much things you actually do like in beers though like for me i like actually really enjoy a grapefruit beer um yeah you give me grapefruit in real life and I'll just throw it back at you because I think they're vile so it's all if
1: I (laughs) I ever go to buy beers myself like you know on a night I would buy two or three beers that I know I've tried I like yes and then I would always try and pick up one where I'm like you know what I've not had that but let's give it a go you know and it tends to be like the second beer I try not necessarily the first one but the second beer that I try and just kind of if I hate it then it doesn't really matter if I really like it then I might at least I know next time yeah yeah, to pick up or avoid that beer so i think the important thing and the reason we do this is to try different beers and to actually kind of have some variety in it because well, we, we, we all really started to
0: try variety. and well, we all started to try and see what different beers were out there and then the reason why we kind of decided doing the podcast is because we wanted to actually kind of encourage other people to break away from that normal Like, you know why do you always go for your favorite lager four pack uh from the off license on a weekend and that's what you stick to because you know you don't know anything different the whole idea of this uh, destroying this thing is yeah. so people couldn't you know we give our our tastes on it and then people go oh, okay maybe we'll try this it, it, it's not about i mean there's a lot of craft beer snobbery and we're not kind of aimed for that market um we're kind of just enjoy
1: yeah different, we're not from different but places. at the same time we're not sat there drinking carling every night
0: i mean i wouldn't drink carling because it's awful but yeah, that's natural <laughs> selection right there <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, well, thank you very much, people. Um, thank you for following us. Uh, social media is actually getting a lot busier. Um, our main platform is Instagram. Thank you so much to all our new followers uh, globally as well. So, thank you very much for the people who actually are paying, taking the time to listen to us. We do appreciate it. All the feedback that we do get, we do pay attention to. Yep. So, uh, if you do have any suggestions or any particular beers, uh, Neil, uh, number one Southern fan. I am looking for that one that you recommended. So I haven't found it yet, but I will. Uh, number yes. one
1: Southern fan, our only Southern fan. <laughs> Don't tell him we, that. Don't tell him that. Don't tell. Actually,
0: him that. we've got a few now. So oh, have uh, we.
1: Oh Neil, you better buck your ideas. I if you want to keep number one. That's
0: <laughs> all I'm saying. Like, well, I love that. One person was actually uh, live messaging as they were listening to the podcast, as if it was live. <laughs>
1: Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Um, And then they realised that and then was like, I'm just commentating. Yeah, Uh, that was funny. Yeah, so definitely get involved on social media because we've really enjoyed it. We really enjoy just interacting. So, yeah, do
0: it. Yeah, even Anna's live tweeting. So, thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah, uh, thank you very much. If you do want to contact us, by all means, um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I am also looking at different uh, platforms to see if I can get the podcast out a little bit further to try and broaden our um, spectrum. But yeah, bear with us. And then thank you very much for taking second time distance, and we'll see you soon.
1: Thank you. Bye.